Colleagues, welcome back to the office. It's Steve and welcome to the CPE Today podcast. We're going to get started with our podcast presentation here just in a moment. But before we do, I'd like to share some insight on how you can receive credit for watching today's presentation. There are two options. You can either watch live as it's being recorded through Zoom, more on that here in a moment, or you could be watching or listening on demand wherever you happen to receive content. We distribute our show through YouTube, SoundCloud, Facebook, our website, and many other places. Now, if you happen to be watching on demand on your own schedule, after watching or listening to today's class, head on over to cpetoday.com and locate today's course page. Uh, you can find our course code by looking at the footer of the presentation to see the link presented there. And it will also be mentioned throughout the presentation on multiple occasions. After com purchasing today's class, you'll complete a short five question quiz on what was discussed in today's presentation. And upon passing that your certificate for your CPE credits will be automatically generated and available for download. In addition to your purchase, you can also download copies of today's presentation, learning materials. You can ask the presenter questions and more. Now, if you happen to be watching live as it's being recorded through Zoom, your attendance will be confirmed through attendance prompts, which will occur every 12 to 20 minutes and approximately four per hour. They'll pop up automatically. And when a prompt comes up, please choose a response to confirm your attendance. It doesn't actually matter what you choose as long as you choose something as your response will confirm your engagement with our presentation. Attendance prompts might not be announced, so please keep an eye out for them. Now, as long as you've com uh, completed at least 75% of the attendance prompts, you will receive full credit for our presentation. Your completion certificate will be delivered to you by email within two business days of the event. You can always visit cpetoday.com if you have any questions or issues with your certificate. After our presentation today, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, there will be a course evaluation that will automatically pop up. It should take you anywhere from one to three minutes to complete, and your feedback will be used to help us produce better content in the future. Now, if you have any questions or comments throughout the presentation, we'd love to know what they are. Please use the chat or the Q&A functionality to let us know what you think, or if you have any questions on the materials that are being presented. Also, please feel free to share your experience, knowledge, and insight with the class. If you have any technical issues, you can also use that functionality to ask for help. You can always find great content at cpetoday.com. We have a variety of self-study and live courses from all topics, accounting, audit, personal development, Excel, QuickBooks, and more, you name it. Check out cpetoday.com. And the CPE Today podcast is made available Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. And you can always find great content being discussed in that podcast every single week. If you happen to be a new user, listener, viewer of the CPE Today podcast, thank you so much for coming. Welcome. We're ecstatic and happy to have you. How about you get a free credit on us? Use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout to get a free credit for today's class. We're going to go ahead and get started with our presentation here in the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy our presentation. Welcome to our class. This is K2's Business Intelligence featuring Microsoft Power BI Tools. My name is Steve Yoss. I'll be your instructor and presenter for today. You should be hearing me. Um, and if you could see me, if you could see the screen, if you couldn't, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and open up that chat box and shoot me a message so that I know that you are connected and that you are good to go. There we go. 
All right, perfect. Thank you, Steve. Great name, by the way. Really good name. Uh, Mary, Linda, Scott, Janet, also good name. That's my mom's name. All right, well, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to have a great day today. I'm really excited and uh, looking forward to presenting this material for you. Um, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, something I always enjoy talking about, which is business intelligence and reporting um, for lots of different reasons, which we're going to go ahead and talk through uh, today. But uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy lives to come on and, and learn something new with us and, and to be able to go through and, and experience uh, some business intelligence. Um, we're going to be looking at a lot of different things today, including uh, Power BI. Now, this class uh, has a number of learning objectives uh, that we will be going through. Uh, we're going to be mostly discussing different methods and manners for you to be able to do business intelligence inside your organization. There are so many different ways that you can handle this, whether you be doing it through uh, dashboards, through Power BI, whether you be doing it through different analysis and, and analytics in Excel. Uh, so many different opportunities. And today, uh, we are going to first kind of start with a discussion with respect to what business intelligence is, its value and importance, and why you should be considering this for your organization. Uh, we're then going to go ahead and talk about some different methods and manners that you can do BI inside of Excel. Uh, I'll point out there are some sample files and materials that are available to you uh, that you should have already downloaded and if not, I would go ahead and encourage you to do so, um, that we'll walk through. And we're going to be looking at a lot of different things inside of Excel uh, that you can consider using, which is a great way of getting started with business intelligence inside your organization. And then we'll talk about extending uh, Excel with some specific business intelligence tools that you might want to consider uh, utilizing. Uh, then we're going to go ahead and spend a fair amount of time talking about Power BI. Uh, Power BI, if you're not familiar with it, is Microsoft's business intelligence platform. And it is the gold standard as it relates to BI for so many different reasons. And it, it is an incredible tool. It's a very approachable tool. It's my personal favorite tool for doing business intelligence work for a lot of different reasons. Um, it's a free tool for individual use. So if you go to powerbi.com, you can download a copy of it. And I would encourage you to do so because we're going to need to do it a little bit later on today. And uh, it doesn't require a Microsoft license, doesn't require an Excel license. And it's a great way of getting started. And besides being a free application, it's actually the best. You know, if we look at the magic quadrants from Gardner, which analyzes different applications and determines, you know, kind of where the leaders are in a particular space, Power BI, it's the leader. And on top of that, it's a free solution that you can get started with. And very rarely do those two things come together. But for a lot of different reasons, I'm going to show you why I love Power BI. I'm going to walk you through a lot of uh, topics here from ways of importing in your data, ways of uh, uh, configuring your dashboards. We're going to create a bunch of dashboards together uh, and more. I'm also going to share with you, although I will try not to get too technical with you, uh, some database knowledge. Uh, frankly, um, once you start getting with, started with business intelligence, you're really going to need to know how to use a database effectively. And so today we're also going to talk about some of the database principles that I think are really important for you to be able to operate uh, effectively, including things such as joins and cardinality and uh, you know bringing database tables into Power BI and mapping them and relating them together and kind of what all that means. Well, folks, this is our starting point 
We can take this conversation any number of directions. In fact, we probably will. Uh, I got a couple of things I'd really like to ask for you. First and foremost, uh, I would like to ask, does anybody have any specific things they'd like to hear about today or are interested in learning about today? Or do you have any specific frustrations with Excel as it relates to your business reporting or Power BI? Uh, if so, I'd love for you to open up that chat box, shoot me a message, let me know what you're interested in today, and I will do my best to try to accomplish that and at least discuss it uh, in our class. So what do you want to learn about? You know, we're going to be here for eight hours. Uh, let's make the most of your time, make the most of my time. Tell me what you're, what you're interested in, and I'll do my best to try to incorporate that into our presentation. And the second is going to be engagement. Uh, personally, I love questions. My absolute favorite part of teaching. Um, nothing makes me happier, honestly, when I see people asking questions. And I'm more than happy to ask, answer any questions you have as we work throughout today. Um, so if you do have questions, please don't feel like you just have to sit there in silence. Um, open up the chat box. Shoot me a message. Let me know. I'm happy to do a demo again. I'm happy to... Uh, Talk about how this might be uh, applicable to your business, your industry. You know, if you need to see something uh, a second time, you know, a different demo, I'm happy to do so. Uh, throughout the presentation, we're going to be flipping back and forth between PowerPoint. I will do my best to um, I'll do my best to um, uh, zoom in so you can see the details of where I'm clicking and how I'm clicking on things and what boxes I'm on. Uh, but if you have questions, please, I, I'm solely here for you. Whatever you need, let me know. All right, so looking at some of the feedback that folks have popped up, thank you again. Mary's excited about learning about Power BI. Absolutely, Mary. We will definitely uh, be talking a fair amount about Power BI as well. Janet's interested in integration with ERP solutions. Good call, Janet. I'm going to talk about a couple of different ways that you can handle that. And good news, I actually have a brand new learning resource and training um, tool that I actually built myself over the last about month um, that I'm going to debut with you guys and you'll be able to try it out and it's to emulate what it's like working with an ERP system. And so uh, it'll show you the mechanics of what it's like to pull your data down uh, from the cloud. So we're gonna go ahead and drop in our demo account. Okay, I'm gonna point out Microsoft is not getting my credentials here. This is a safe and secure method of being able to communicate. It's what we call token-based authentication. Um, the password in this particular case is not being stored with this, but rather a token that represents me to the um, service. In this case, Intuit is. And so here we actually have a full listing of our, of our data file. Um, so if we wanted to be able to pull down our accounts as an example here, boom, here is our account information. This is all sample data. And so we can see here, here is our chart of accounts. So if you wanted to create a dashboard that mashed up QBO data, that matched up Excel data, that matched up ERP data, that matched up data coming from Google Analytics, it comes up for whatever, guess what? All of those um, in those specific examples are going to be supported. And we would pull down, in this particular case, the information that we have present here that we could then use for our reporting, uh, reporting purposes. Okay. Now, if you remember, I mentioned a little bit ago and when we started our class, I've created a cloud resource that allows you to try these different things out. I'm going to show you that here after we get through our first example, I'll show you how to connect to it. But I've got a fully replicated QBO database, a fully replicated QuickBooks desktop database, Sage 100, and every sample file I've shown you here 
you can access on our on our trial server as well. So if you're looking to get started with QBO and you don't want to necessarily pull your own data in, you can try our service out. It's free. Okay, so we're ultimately going to be pulling our data in. And for our first example today, we're just going to you know, kind of create it a little bit simple. We're going to come over here and click this get data. And what we're going to do is that we're going to pull in data for our case from that same access database that we were using previously. And so I'm going to go ahead and select access here. We're going to go ahead and hit connect. And we're going to navigate over here to chapter four. And we're going to choose that Concoso sales. Now we're actually going to go through this get data process two additional times. And the reason we're going to go through this two additional times is that while this sample database is pretty complete, there's actually a little bit of supplemental data that I just happen to keep on two sample Excel workbooks that I want to use for my purposes here. Now, what I can do here is that I can go ahead and select the tables that I want, and I'm going to select them all by just hitting shift and then just clicking down and we'll select all of them in, uh, in my uh, report. Okay. Now, before we get going here, I want to point out, if your data is not perfect, not a problem. You have access to the entirety of Power Query. Okay, Remember, we were talking about how Power Query can be used to transform your data, to make it useful, and to make it helpful. Um, and even if it's not perfect, you're missing columns, things aren't, aren't properly sorted, uh, needs to be cleaned up. At any point, we can go ahead and select this data. And instead of loading it, we can go ahead and hit transform in that exact same tool in exactly the same order, in the exact same look and feel functionality. They're identical to each other. We can load this inside of Power Query. So as we're working through this data, you know, for example, here we've got our date key. If I don't want this to be date and time, we can go ahead and change this to just date and we can clean this data up appropriately if there's fields or things in here that aren't effective you know like i really don't need these load date or this updated date we can go ahead and remove these okay and we can do all the data transformation stuff that we would come to expect here we can do this directly inside of this application in the exact same way that we did it inside of excel and when we're done we're just going to go ahead and select close and apply and we'll return this data back to power bi now, in our particular case here, what it's going to go ahead and do is it's actually connecting out to this data set, and it's going to download this data directly into Power BI. Okay, so we're going to see that go ahead and pop up here. And that same speed that we would come to expect inside of uh, um, Power Query inside of Excel, we're going to go ahead and see that directly inside of Power BI. And so we've imported in a half a million rows, roughly. And it's going to go all the way up to that 2.2 million. And so the ability to be able to use this tool to process and manage large quantities of information, very fast, very efficient, very, very easy to be able to do. We'll let this finish here. Now, as a matter of... Um, as a matter of um, just as a tip and as a matter of priority, I would tell you when you're importing in data inside of Power BI, always start with your smallest data sets first, then work your way up to your biggest data sets. In a practical environment, what I probably would have done is I would have imported in my sample worksheets and then I would have imported in my database here. But uh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just one method's a little bit faster and smaller. Uh, a little bit faster and easier to do. Okay, so we've imported in those data sets and we're gonna flip over now to our model view so you can get a sense of 
what this data looks like. And what we're gonna do is change our view. So over here in that upper left-hand corner, you'll see you've got your report view, your data view, and your model view. And the model view is those uh, these little guys, it's like three little um, windows, you know, kind of all linked together. And if we click over here, sure enough, we're gonna go ahead and see that same model view presented. Okay. And so I told you when we were looking at this in Power Pivot, you need to get used to this view because this view is really only going to give them more important inside of Power BI. And it sure enough, absolutely is. Okay. And so we're going to go ahead and just arrange these here and make this a little bit easier to see. I try to put, this is just a, there's no basis of this other than like what I end up doing uh, and why this makes it better. But uh, in my particular web methods, but I tend to try to put my fact table the table that is the most important that I'm gonna be doing my uh, my calculations from. I tend to put that in the middle, mostly just from a view perspective, makes things a little bit easier to see and manage. Okay, now we have two additional tables that we want to include here. And if we come back over here to chapter four, you'll see that we've got a geography table and then we also have a stores table associated here. And what we wanna do is we want to be able to pull in that data into this report as well. Okay, so we're going to do the exact same thing. We can come over here to get data and select Excel as our connector. We can also just hit this Excel workbook. And this is going to pop up and it's going to show us uh, these two Excel files. Now, unfortunately, you have to do them one by one. So we're going to go ahead and select first RG stores table. This is going to scan that workbook. In this case, it finds a single worksheet stores. And what we're going to go ahead and choose here is load and it is going to load that data into our into our uh, Power Query, okay? And you'll start to see, I mean, Power Query does a better job than Power, um, sorry, Power BI does a better job than Excel in terms of trying to map out and figure out these relationships, but it still doesn't get everything, okay? So just be aware that that is something you're probably gonna have to maybe map in yourself at some point. Alrighty, and then we've got one more over here. So we're gonna go ahead and choose Excel workbook and we'll choose our geography. And we're gonna choose our geography worksheet here. We're gonna go ahead and select load. And we'll also see that pop up. Now in the context of uh, our Excel workbooks here, Power BI doesn't care that some of this is database data. It doesn't care that some of this is uh, spreadsheet data. To it, data is data is data. It doesn't really matter uh, where it comes from. For your purposes, I would tell you it's a heck of a lot better to have everything in a database than to have a whole bunch of sample or external workbooks. But just be aware that is something that you could uh, potentially uh, do. So if you do have, like, for example, in this case, maybe you don't have uh, information describing where your stores are, um, you could keep that into a separate uh, into a separate worksheet on your desktop and then still be able to use it inside of Power BI. Okay, and cool. Now what I am gonna do here, I'm gonna delete a couple of these relationships, mostly just so you can see me create them again. Um, and so we can get a little bit more familiar about what this process looks like from a um, Power BI perspective. And I'll point out this model view only has to occur once. It's not something you have to do every single time you create a um, new report or a dashboard. You 
the data and the visual appearance are separated here. You create the model and the model is reusable and repeatable, not only for you, but anybody in your business that chooses to create, that chooses to create reports. Okay, so when you get started here, again, put that fact table just smack dab in the middle. It makes it a little bit easier to see and recognize. And the big thing is everything has to at least have one connection out to something else. Um, a quick point, sometimes if you zoom out, you might find, for example, some random table over here. If that's, I always like to zoom out just to make sure that Power Query just uh, didn't drop something in somewhere randomly. Uh, and then I, if so, I'll just go ahead and move it up. Everything needs to be touching everything, okay? Or everything needs to be touching at least something else in the data set so that you can have those little sky bridges and tunnels from one side of your data set to the other. Okay, and from here, I'm gonna go ahead and I am gonna go ahead and grab and map in these two things. And what we're looking for is we're looking for the, the same thing in both places. They do not always, well, in practice, they won't always be called the same thing. As an example, you might have a, a system that uh, stores information related to your employees. And it might be that they're related through your social security number, okay? Well, one system can call it social security number, another system could call it SSN or TIN for that matter. Um, so be aware, they're not always gonna be called the same thing. This is where data, like frankly, like there's learning how to use the tool and then there's understanding the data that you're working with. Uh, for myself, I've been doing business intelligence reporting for years and years and years and years. I feel confident working with pretty much any database technology, but the part that always takes the time is understanding the schema or the design of the data that you're working with, you know, and understanding how it comes together and how it's used for reporting purposes. That's the part that could take a fair amount of time to understand. So in this particular instance, what we want to do is we're just going to look and find. Okay. And in this particular case, date key and date key kind of go back together. And when we've mapped these up correctly, we'll get that little, that little line and that little, uh, indication cardinality, and then also indicating that it's a one, in this case, a one too many. Okay, for over here, we can see that we've got our product category not touching something else. So we're gonna come over here and we're gonna look. Now, if we go look over here under our product subcategory, okay, we're not going to find, as an example here, we are not going to go and find inside of our fact sales a subcategory ID. We're not even going to find a product category ID. Okay. That's because the subcategory is stored on the product and then the product is stored under the sales. So what we actually need to find here is you map these two things together. So if we kind of look down over here, we'll see that those two match. And if we looked over here under our sales, what we're going to find is our product key. And that's what we have to match over here. And so we're going to choose our product key and map that in. So just be aware, if you wanted to include that subcategory, it doesn't always have to go back to that main table. It could go to another table. Likewise, if we look over here to our stores table and our geography table, the geography table just describes where those stores occur. And um, if you were to go look for geography, you're not going to find that in that sales table, but rather you would have to get it from that store table. Okay, we have one more. This is case is going to be our promotion. Okay, here's our promotion, and we're going to go and look for our promotion key. There we go. And now everything is at least mapped to one thing. Uh, everything has to be mapped to at least one thing, okay? 
and this is good to go. Uh, we can go ahead and save this file. And we can come back to this and we can create as many reports as we need. Okay. Now let's go up one level in our analysis here and let's come on up here to our next view, which is going to be our data view. Okay. And the data view allows us to be able to understand the data and be able to actually see the data itself. Okay. So if we came over here to our sales table, as an example, we're going to see a listing of all of our sales and what was purchased and all the key information and everything else that goes into it. Okay. However, you don't update or edit this. I can't go to like, oh, sale uh, 8, 7, 2, 10, and like, for example, change anything here. It's a, it's a read-only thing. So the information that's going to be present on this, you're just basically consuming it, okay? But, you know, I can also consume, in this case, 2.2 million records, but I can't edit it. The question usually pops up, well, what if I see something wrong? Well, you got to go back to your raw underlying data, the actual database itself, and you update it there. Uh, Power Query will then fetch that updated data and present it to your dashboard. Now, I'll point out, this works exactly the same way as it relates to Excel. Um, when you're locked and loaded with your data as here, you go ahead and you hit this refresh button. It is going to connect back out to those raw underlying data sources and update them accordingly. So as you start to uh, update, make changes, new data comes in, things get added, deleted, it's going to change those as well. Okay, so here is uh, our next view, which is going to be our report view. And this is the part where everybody wants to get started and it's a good place to get started with respect to creating our reports. And think of this as your canvas, okay? This is where you're actually gonna start to do the actual data manipulation, modification, the views and everything. We're gonna create a couple of different types of reports here in a moment, okay? now. From this particular view, probably the three most important areas are going to be the center area right here, which is going to be your, your canvas. So this is where you're going to paint your picture. Okay. Over here, you're going to see your visualizations. This is going to be your brushes in terms of uh, your brushes and colors in terms of what you want to do and make it look like. And your fields are going to be the data sources that you ultimately end up using. And so let me think about this for our metaphor here. Here's your canvas, your visualizations are your, going to be your brushes, and your fields, let's say, are going to be your colors. Uh, because ultimately what we want to do is we want to take the data from those fields and paint a picture of whatever that might end up being. So in this particular example, we can uh, create a dashboard that pulls data from any one of these tables and presents it inside of our, our uh, canvas here. Um, because they're all related. If we had not gone through this step here of relating all this data together, the data itself would not be accurate and uh, the information would not be correct. So let's go ahead and start to paint. So lots of different ways you can paint a picture. I'm gonna show you the way that I like to paint and that is going to be by first picking the thing that I want to do calculations on. And so the thing I first want to do calculations on here is going to be on sales. And in fact, we're probably going to end up using sales more than anything else inside of our data set. I'll point out for the thing you're going to calculate on, it has to be something numeric. Okay. So it has to be in this case, a number field of some sort. However, 
I want you to be aware, not everything is something that you should be using with respect to your calculations. Uh, so for example, like uh, uh, these uh, currency key, disk uh, ETL load ID, if we came down and looked a little bit further over here, not every one of these things are gonna be things that you're gonna to wanna to do calculations on because keys can also be numbers. Power BI doesn't know the difference between like a number for calculation purposes and a number for um, a key. Okay, so just be aware of that and as something that uh, probably isn't gonna be very, very helpful for you. But you can't go wrong with something that's a sales amount, cost amount, return quantity, refund amount, things of this nature. And so what I end up doing is I actually will first just drag the field I want, in this case, I've got sales amount, and I'll just plop it right down here in the middle. Okay, and there you go. Here is our sales amount. And this is a nice, very easy to understand bar chart. And we can see that it's somewhere, somewhere around uh, north of five, but less than 10. And if I hover over that and put my active cell in there, you'll see that the sales amount in this case is $8.3 billion, okay? Now, by default, it's gonna produce a, uh, in this case, a bar chart for us. So by default, that's what it's gonna go ahead and put up. Um, we can though change and modify whatever type of visual um, visualization is doing by picking something different. And this is where we pick a different brush, a different, a different tool. And there are lots of different brushes in our uh, tool, case that we, tool case that we can choose to use to understand our data. Uh, so we've got our bar charts, we've got pie charts, we've got area charts, we've got tree map charts. Uh, we've got maps, we've got graphs, we've got gauges. We can even run advanced stuff, including uh, Python scripts, R scripts. We have a bunch of AI-enabled um, visualizations, including decomposition trees. Uh, we can do things like KPIs. We can do things like uh, filters and more. And we can even do matrix and table-based reports. So if I wanted to, let's just do a matrix report here as an example. And let's pull our sales amount. And then maybe let's pull our from our geography, let's pull our continent name and we're gonna go ahead and put that over here to our rows, okay? I'm just trying to make this simple and easy first. And so here, I mean, and for all intents and purposes, that's a pivot table, you know, of what you've got. And so from here, we can see that uh, for this particular report, uh, we'll break down of our sales across these different geographies, very similarly to how we would see this if it were presented in a pivot table, okay? Now, the next thing I wanna show you before we start creating some other visualizations here is some of the formatting options, okay? So above our visualization palette here, this is gonna be where we can see um, and change and modify how these visualizations look. Um, I'm gonna preface this by get your data on the page and then start making it look the way you want it to look. I see way too many people spending way too much time when they uh, trying to get their reports to look a specific way, when frankly, like do that last, get your data correct, make sure it's calculating correctly, make sure it's reliable, and then start making it look pretty. For myself, I even struggle with this. I often want to like kind of make things look a particular way, and then you know you end up spending an inordinate amount of time on formatting when you and then you get like one visualization done. I'd rather get a get a majority of the reporting done and then come back and make it look a specific way or pretty or however else that we want. Now, up here, you'll see you've got the main menu, which is uh, this main menu that's going to add data to our visualization. There's this other option over here that says format your visual. And this is going to be where you can modify how this visualization is presented. Okay. 
for this particular visualization, this is going to be where you can adjust some of the presets. Okay, there are some presets that are presented here. I'm going to tell you to encourage you to use these as much as you possibly can because they make things a lot faster, simpler, and easier. Personally, I find the formatting to be not as intuitive inside of Power BI as it is inside of Excel. And so I try to create uh, and utilize my presets as much as I possibly can uh, because it just, from my opinion, makes things faster, simpler, and easier. Okay, so I would tell you, um, you know, to leverage these. Now, each visualization will have different things, like you'll see different things for like a sparklines chart, or you'll see different things related to a um, table than you'll see, for example, for a bar chart. Um, all of those different visual appearance elements are gonna be stored here. And this is gonna be where you could like turn off your grid lines, turn on your grid lines. Uh, this is gonna be, for example, where you can adjust and add your border. You know, So if you wanted to create something and have a nice border around it, this is gonna be where you could do it. I'll also point out too, this is something that's a little bit confusing for people. Notice how I expanded this visualization, but it didn't actually make the data bigger, okay? And the reason being is that that's the amount of space that visualization is allowed to take and anything beyond that will uh, result in scroll bars being added. Let me go ahead and from here, add a little bit more data. So we're gonna go ahead and grab maybe our region name and we're gonna drop that underneath our continent name here. Okay, notice here, we now have a vertical scroll bar, okay? Making a visualization bigger like this only adjusts the amount of space that that visualization can take on the actual page itself. If you need to adjust, as an example here, the font size, that has to be done through the format visualization options. Okay, and this is going to be where personally for me, I've always found this to be really uh, just tedious. Um, but this is going to be where you would need to come into your visualization options as an example here for our values. And this is going to be where we can increase the size. So if we wanted to take it up to 15 as an example, uh, this would be where we would go ahead and do so. Okay. There we go. Now, with respect to the visualization side of this for our, our things, we've got values, and then we've also got, for example, our column headers and rows. If we wanted these things to be the same, uh, we'd have to adjust them in both places. Okay, and so here you go. So for something like this, you know, we could make this chart, for example, or table really, uh, as big as we wanted it to be. Come on, there we go. And you're gonna place it visually on the report wherever you'd like it to be. So if I wanted this here to be on the upper left, I literally put it to the upper left. If I wanted to be able to go that big, I drag it to be that big. If I wanted it to be this small, I could make it that small. Now, the nice thing with the matrix report compared to, for example, the table report, um, the matrix report's gonna have a little bit more intelligence as it relates to it. And as you can see here, it's gonna act more like a pivot table. The table-based report is just gonna show us all values, but you'll notice you see Asia repeated repeatedly, repeated repeatedly. Um, if we change this over here to this matrix report, we can actually provide some interact interactivity to the user so that they can expand uh, to the specific fields that they would like it to be. 
Okay, other formatting options that we should be familiar with. We can do things like our row headers. We can uh, stylize those specific ways. We can add subtotals. So if we wanted to add subtotals or not, we could. Uh, likewise for our row subtotals, now over here for our Asia, we're doing our rub so subtotals here. But you'll notice if I take off my rub sub row subtotal, uh, for the expanded thing over here, like for Europe, that goes away. If I were to expand this to Asia, this would go away. Okay. Likewise, you could stylize your grand total specifics. You can get down all the way down to the cellular level. You can create, uh, for example, formulaic, um, like over here for our background color. Uh, what this is, is what? What does this look like to you folks? Okay. It's conditional formatting. So in this particular way, we could stylize this particular table so that the bluest of blue is the highest of value and the whitest of white is the lowest of value. Okay, so you can apply this any number of ways. Maybe we just want to, for example, style the fonts. Uh, we can come over here and we can go ahead and maybe do iconography if we wanted to as well. Uh, we can add and apply these any way that we would like it to be. Okay, so those are some of your styling options here. And it is what we refer to as WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. When I publish this report, it's gonna look the same to the next person who comes. Now there's another option over here under your visualization. This is one that often gets overlooked and there's not much we can do here on our table, but I'll show you this on some of the other things here in a little bit. Uh, and this is where we're gonna be able to do business analytics. So trends, regression testing, averaging, things of this nature. This is where you're gonna be able to access those more advanced analysis on your data. Okay, so we've got one table in here. Let's start doing some other stuff with this as well. Okay, and I'm gonna modify this one as a simple example, and I'm just gonna quickly modify this. I'm gonna pull out our continent name, and I actually wanna substitute in, uh, from our geography table, I wanna substitute in our state. Okay, and I'm gonna put that here, okay? That's gonna become a little bit more important a little bit later on, okay? All right, so. As our next example, I want to add a just a simple bar chart, okay? And for this simple bar chart, we're gonna be looking at sales and let's just say, for example, our uh, product categories, okay? Now, the, when you wanna move on to your next um, field inside of, or your next visualization inside of Power BI, what you wanna do is unselect everything inside of your uh, Power BI workbook. You know, if I have a visualization selected, the visualization pane is going to be populated with the fields and data that I'm working with. So what I actually want to do is just unselect stuff and uh, it'll allow me to be able to uh, create my next visualization. And I do it the exact same way as I did before. In this case, I'm going to come over here and we're going to drag our sales amount and we're going to put it right here in the middle. And I think I said I wanted to analyze my subcategory. And so we're going to go ahead and pull our subcategory label and we're going to drag that over here to our x-axis let me see if maybe that'll look a little bit better nope that does not look better at all all right we're gonna put you here and we're gonna go ahead and put you here okay 
And actually, I don't want the label. I think I want the name, actually. I think that's the right one I want. So we'll go ahead and remove this by hitting a little X. We're going to go grab our name. We'll put that here. There we go. Okay. And so now we can go ahead and we can see our name of our different uh, products that are being sold. Okay. Now for this, what we'd end up doing here is what you see is what you get. So if I wanted to be able to see these two things side by side, and these were the only two visualizations that I'm going to want present on here, we put these two things side by side with each other. And this is exactly what the user would end up uh, seeing from their perspective here. Okay. Now what's kind of cool about this is that one uh, visualization, one chart, one graph, for example, can feed into other stuff. So if I'm looking through here and I just wanted to see, you know, as an example, just the United States, when I click this, notice that it updates the other visualization. So I click the US, US had $4.7 billion in sales. And if I click this, it's going to update that other visualization to show me uh, as it relates to overall sales in these particular categories, the things that are of, uh, you know, what that particularly represents to this. Uh, if we took like the United Kingdom here, we can see that it's relatively minor. Uh, we could also click, for example, a couple of things by holding down control and it will uh, include multiple in our calculation. So you get the ability to be able to filter down your data as well. Now, let's take this one step further. Let's say we wanted to be able to provide some filters to this to be able to only show certain things. Okay, maybe, for example, for our sales report here, we wanted to create something that would allow for um, us to be able to filter based off of country, okay, or based off of continent. Well, one of the really cool and useful filters that I end up using is this one right here, slicers. Remember, we talked about slicers a couple hours ago, okay? And what we can do is we can create a slicer that can ultimately filter down on our report based off of what the user selects. And so in this particular one, what we're going to do is we're going to come over here to our geography table, and we're going to go ahead and choose the option continent name. Oops. Unselect, okay? Make sure you unselect here. And we're going to go ahead and choose continent name. And where did it go? There we go. Okay. And you'll see it created a map here. I actually don't want it as a map. So I'm going to go ahead and select this slicer option. And we're going to go ahead and drag our slicer, make it a little bit smaller because it doesn't need to be that big here. And now we have this little slicer. And so check this out. This slicer will affect other things inside of this report. So if we, for example, said North America here, boom, the every visualization in this report is going to be adjusted to only show us North America. And we can go ahead and expand the Canada and the United States here. We can see those individual places and we can click on Maryland here as an example. We can now drill down and see exactly how Maryland is compared to uh, anything else here um, in our report. Something else we could do, we could also create a stacked bar chart as well. So maybe we want to, for example, see our sales next to costs. If we pull our total cost and we pull this into our y-axis, we can actually now see those two things side by side with each other. Now, if we adjust our filter option, we could adjust this, for example, to Europe. It's going to show us here's just for Europe. If we click Greece as an example here, it's just going to show us relative or here's France. It'll give us, in this particular case, the ability to drill down very, very, very deeply to specific, um, to specific 
uh, data inside of our workbook. Alrighty. Any questions so far? Alrighty. So we can go ahead. Let's call this one our sales by geo. Let's create another worksheet. And let's go ahead and create a couple other visualizations here as well. Okay. So let's go ahead and pull our sales amount and we'll pull this into our report here. And let's go ahead now and create a pie chart. Okay, and from this particular pie chart, let's look at our distribution by promotions. So we're gonna go ahead and expand our promotions field and we're gonna go ahead and choose our promotion name. We'll drag and drop it over our pie chart here. And we can see now we have a very nice, clean promotion chart, a pie chart of our promotions. Now, what could be nice with this that can accompany is we can also duplicate these things. So I can create a copy of this report. And what I'll often end up doing is I will create a copy of this thing and then I will turn it into a table so that you can have some information related to this and be able to see the actual numbers if you so desire. The tricky thing I've personally found with Power BI is again, you can get really in the weeds with respect to like how these things should be formatted. Uh, and I personally find that they, they can take a long time to be able to kind of get correct. Okay, so here we've got our sales and promotions. We can go ahead and we can click on any one of these and it'll give us a nice number representative of that um, representative of that particular promotion. Okay. So that is a little bit with respect to our pie charts. Donut charts work the exact same way. It is just a different visualization. So it's just a matter of whether or not you want the, uh, filled or you just want the external edges of this. You can go ahead and put that in, uh, this way. Now you can also do other stuff. Like you'll notice there are several different, um, You'll see several different uh, promotions that are listed here. One of the things that you can choose to do is you can choose to filter down on your data. Okay, in this particular case, you'll see here in this panel called filters. Um, one of the cool things that you can do here is that you could say, you know what, I only want to get, you know, the top 10, the top five, the top whatever. And so just like you can inside of Excel, you can choose to filter your data set to only show you whatever information is the most useful or the most helpful uh, with respect to your actual data itself. And so over here, we could filter down to a specific promotion name, okay? Or if we come on over here to our sales amount, this is gonna be where we can uh, choose to adjust our filtering options. And so we could say, for example, you know what, I only really care when the sales amount is greater than, and then we can go ahead and maybe say, uh, I don't know, um, let's say $500 million. Okay, I think that should do it. Okay, and then those in this particular case is our top five or six or whatever type of uh, sales uh, that we might choose to use.
Okay. Uh, let me go ahead and clear this and let's go ahead and let's go ahead and let me see if I can show. No, okay, hold on. Yes. Okay. So let's come back over here to our sales amount here. And I want to show you that over here under the advanced visualization. So further analysis on this. Okay. From this particular one, this is going to be where you could choose to add additional analysis to your actual data. So if we wanted to do, for example, a constant line, if we want to do a midline, a max line, an average line, this is going to be where we could go ahead and choose. In this case, here is our average. And we could look at it. So we could look at an average for cost or average for sales. And so we could see here across our entire data set, if we wanted to provide some basic statistical analysis, that we can go ahead and do so here. We can even provide a little uh, data label if we want. In this particular case, we'll put it over here to the right. Uh, we could put it above and below. We can change the color for this as well. Uh, we could do a meridian line if we wanted to. So we can kind of see where the, um, sorry, not meridian, God, median median line we can do that as well likewise we can go ahead and we can do a percentile and so if we wanted to find stuff that's in the 50th percentile the 60th percentile we can go ahead and do that analysis here as well okay now we're going to be looking more on power bi here in a minute but since we're coming right up to our afternoon break i want to finish with something uh, which is when you're ready for your data and you want to be able to push this out to other people how do you do so Okay, well, you do so from the home ribbon, right smack dab in the middle, you'll see this option that says Power BI Publish. And from that Power BI Publish, when you click this button, it's going to publish this report from your local desktop and it's gonna go ahead and push it up to the Power BI reporting service. And once it's up in the Power BI reporting service, it'll then be available to everybody else in your organization that you choose to have access to this report. Okay, and so from here, once I publish this, this gets answers the question of, well, how do I get my staff to be able to access it on their mobile devices? How can they get access to this from their computers or from on the go? Um, what they can end up doing here is, once this is published, it's in the Power BI reporting service, they're part of your organization, they can then browse those reports. I'm gonna show you what that looks like on the Power BI service here next. So, um, Thank you so much for attending our presentation and podcast for today. As a reminder, you can check out cpetoday.com for all your continuing education needs. We have courses on every topic you can think of from accounting to audit to ethics and regulation and more. Everything you need to know to stay relevant, current, and up-to-date with the profession. Again, check out cpetoday.com. If you're a new watcher or listener to the CPE Today podcast, again, we offer you a free course and a free credit for you to try our services. Pick the podcast of your choosing and use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout to make that purchase free. If you enjoyed our presentation, please consider connecting with us on social media and let us know what you think. You can find us just about everywhere at CPE Today, uh, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more. And please consider subscribing to us wherever you happen to receive your content. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and others. 
We'd love for you to leave a review and let us know what you think. It helps new listeners and watchers find our course and content. Thank you so much for your time and attention. Thank you for being in the office, and we look forward to seeing you back here soon. Take care.